Well, it's great to be back here with you at East Bay Calvary, and uh, last time I was here was uh, for the installation service, and uh, I see it worked. <laughs> you're still here, you're still installed, and uh, man, I, I love the introduction, uh, how you start your services, it's so lively and awake, and, uh, and I love it. I'm getting a lot of ideas for our church back home. And uh, so, or maybe I'll have our pastor come and, and visit you and see how you guys do things. It's really great. Um, <clears throat> this is Father's Day, and uh, so that was very special watching you baptize one of your own children and one of the other dads baptizing, uh, helping baptize his son. I remember when I was a pastor and my, uh, I think my son was about eight years old. I think Chris was about eight years old when he decided to get baptized and the, the thing is, we had, uh, we had this baptistry that was heated by a heating coil. And uh, it wasn't quite as warm as it should be. And so one of the deacons says, well, you know what? Before the next baptism, I'm going to turn it up. Well, we came to church that morning, and the windows were dripping with sweat. I mean, he had turned it up all right. I mean, that thing was so scalding hot. So, I mean, as I'm stepping down into the pool, usually they're too cold, but this is like scald, you know, I mean, like, ah, oh, you know, and I get down there. Well, the first one to be baptized was my son. He put his foot in the first step, and he pulled out. He goes, it's hot, you know, and so I was just going to help him, you know. So I, I reached out my hand to, to grab his hand to help him out. Well, he thought I was, like, saying jump. <laughs> so he leaps out on top of me, and I'm, stumbling around, you know, and you talk about a disaster that morning, but uh, we got, I'm, and of course, I, I went into father mode, like, what are you doing, you know, and, oh, hello, everybody, you know, <laughs> and uh, had to change real quickly, you know, but, but um, so it is Father's Day, and uh, I thought I would share with you this morning uh, some steps of my life that I've gone through as a father that have been really good for my children, good for my, my wife also. By the way, my wife's here, Jenner. She's here this morning with me. And um, uh, these are changes that I really had to go through. I like it, what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 that, that we are uh, going from one degree of glory to another as we look in the face of Jesus Christ. We're not like the law. Remember when Moses brought the law down, his face was shining. He said, put a veil over it. And the glory, it was, it was a light. Well, the glory of Jesus Christ is not the brightness of a light, but it's the brightness of his character in us. And it says this is being done by the Spirit from one degree of glory to another. And, and so I've, I've kind of gone through steps like that, one degree of glory to another, hopefully as a father, and uh, just more importantly, as a Christian, I'd like you to take your Bibles and turn to Galatians chapter 5 with me this morning. Galatians chapter 5. And I'm just going to speak on the fruit of the Spirit, but I'm only going to touch the first three. I know that kind of scary when you're like, there's nine fruits of the Spirit, you know, like, oh no, nine point sermon. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to touch on the first three. And um, it says, the fruit of the Spirit, in verse 22, Roman, or Galatians chapter 5, 
verse 22. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such there is no law. Again, I'm going to say we're just going to look at love, joy, and peace. We usually look at those as emotions. Those are emotions. And boy, our families are supercharged with emotion, aren't they? A lot of things you would do in the home you wouldn't express in public. That's one of the things God had to teach me. He said, you know, uh, I was doing a wedding one time and looking at Ephesians 4 where it talks about, you know, let your words be filled with grace and be kind one to another and so on. And, and I was thinking about it, you know, to give a charge to these married couples. And the Holy Spirit convicted me. He says, you know, you're very kind to people in public. He says, you're, you're pretty snooty to your wife, though. You kind of, you can get snippy with your wife at home. Like, my wife is almost perfect, except she leaves doors open in the, you know, cupboard doors. For some reason, she'll open it, grab something, and walk away. And I'm like, you know, and I usually ram my head into them when I'm not looking. Or, or she'll open a drawer and walk away. I'm like, you know, just, you know, so, you know just close the drawer. Can't you close a cupboard? You know, I just hit my head, you know. Now, if a stranger had done that, I'd hit my head. I'm like, oh, it's okay. <laughs> right? Holy Spirit says, see, you can control it, so do it. And I think these three emotions here, love, joy, and peace, are emotions we can control. Amen? Because the Holy Spirit, when you get saved, the Holy Spirit indwells us, and he gives us the ability to do it. If you look in the first part of uh, chapter 5 here, starting verse 16, it says, but I say, walk by the Spirit, you will not gratify or gratified to the desires of the flesh. And then it goes on to tell us what the desires of the flesh are and then, then the fruit of the Spirit. Now what we do a lot of times is we think these are equal battles going on. The flesh and the Holy Spirit. Can I tell you what? The Holy Spirit is much more powerful and we can choose by the Spirit to, to, to have these kinds of emotions Love, joy, and peace. Um, I have 13 grandchildren, and a number of them live close to us when we're not traveling out speaking or something. They love to come over to our house. And, and uh, one of the things they've learned is that I carry Mentos with me. Okay, now, I, especially when I speak, I put a Mento, you know, to kind of irrigate my voice while I'm speaking. And so they know I keep them in my Bible, and and so my little grand, you know, the little grandkids are like, Papa, can I have a mento? And you look at those sweet little faces like, can I have a mento, Papa? I'm like, you know, now their mothers don't want me to give them mentos. You know, no more sugar. And I'm like, well, you know, and, but, oh, they're so cute here. <laughs> well, then they realize, hey, I, I got this guy, you know. And so they're like, can I have a mento? You know, and I'm like, no, you, because sometimes the parents will holler at me, give them too many mentos. And, then, and one day, you know, God just kind of said, listen, you are a grown-up man. You can say no to this little squirt, you know. You have authority over this little person. And so you can, you, you know, because sometimes you're like, oh, I have to give in to, no. I am the authority figure. And so they, some, you know, I've learned that, Papa can have mental? No. 
okay. And the Holy Spirit is like that. He, you know, sometimes they're like, oh, the flesh is so strong. And, you know, I just, I have trouble with anger. Or I have trouble with depression because, you know, my mother potty trained me wrong, you know. And I, I have these emotional things that I can't. <laughs> and so the flesh wins. I'll tell you what, the Holy Spirit is like, no. Amen? You have the ability to choose. And so I want to talk about three choices of emotions that we, as believers, can perform. The first one I want to look at here, again, is love. Number one, love is a choice. Now, we have grown up in a culture, I mean, all of the songs and the movies are all based on the fact that love is a feeling, okay? That love is something that is there or it's not there. They look at it, love as a noun. You're in love. You know, you see that person across the room, like, I feel in love, you know. And, and all the songs, like, yeah, man, I see you, I'm in love. You are the wind beneath my wings. And, woo, you lift me up. And, you know, baby, 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 I, and I, I got to have you. And we, you know, and our love is so strong. Well, then you got the other side of it, the coin. You lost that love and feeling. Whoa, that love and feeling. You lost that love and feeling. Now it's gone, gone, gone. Whoa. And you look at your wife or your husband, like, yeah. It's gone. Man, when you're dating and, you know, and, and that person brings that thrill into your life. And then I'll never forget getting married. Now, I grew up on a farm where the men went out, did the field work, and fed the cows, milked the cows. When you came in the house, the women had to meal ready. And, you know, my, my sisters made my bed. All right? They picked up my dirty clothes and put them in the hamper. So I get married and I take my own, you know. My wife's like, hey, what's that? Those are my clothes, woman. Take care. Do your duty. I'm not picking up your dirty clothes. You lost that love and feeling. Whoa. That. Hey, that's when you start learning. As a believer, hopefully that love is a choice. Amen? You know? Uh, I do you know, counseling with couples, and they're like, well, I just don't love them anymore. I hate them. Yeah, you know, not this, the feeling's gone, and they go on, and I said, well, will you do what Jesus says? Yes, you know. I said, you, but you got to love your, no, it's gone. I'm like, well, let's back up some. You know where Jesus says, love your enemies? Can we start there? They're like, you tricked me. You know, that you, you, you use the word of God against me. And I'll tell you what, we need to start learning that love is a verb. Amen? It's what you do. You choose. Can I tell you, God, we need to copy God. God's love is unconditional. I mean, God didn't look. I, now, when I was a, a young believer, I thought God looked down from heaven like, whoa, Ken Rudolph. Woo, I want him on my team. I'm going to save him. And then I realized the more I, the, how filthy and rotten my sin was to God. And, you know, God looked down from heaven and goes, oh, 
Ken Ruda. I'm going to have to do this. I'm going to have to send my son. It's painful. It's hurtful. But he needs love, and I'm going to die for him, even though he's very unattractive, and it's my duty to love him. And wow, we need a big dose of that today, amen, to heal our marriages, to heal our homes. And then you get kids, and you you know, you go to the hospital, look, you're so cute, you know, and then you take them home, and stop it, stop it, you know. Then they keep growing up, and you're like, you know, you ought to be thankful. I take care of you. I want more. Like, I just choose not to love you anymore. You're hard to take care of. But I'll tell you, we, we realize love is a choice. Amen? Boy, that was one of, I, I think, you know, I'm one of the, I'm a very emotional person. And, uh, man, I'm, I was big into romance. I love to watch the sound of music, you know, and. There's singing in a gazebo, and you know, I, I tell you, ro- I, you know what? Romance was an idol, and and you know, I, I would just be like, wow, I just, you know, and then you you get married and you realize love is a lot more than singing in a gazebo with a blue light shining on you, you know, and you know, and everything's so, you know, no, because you will lose that love and feeling, and that's when we have to get into scriptures and realize the Holy Spirit can help us to love and do the things we ought to do, take care of our children, to love them when they're not very lovable sometimes. One of the things I did as a young father when my kids were little, uh, and again, I was a pastor and went to Bible college, and you learn a lot about agape love, that you know this is the strongest form of love. It's, it's choosing to do it and giving you know what's best for those that need what they need, like God loved us. And I started thinking about my children, and I see them, and it's so wonderful to see these young people baptized. But I, I started thinking, what if my kids do not follow Christ? I had four children. And so but every year, once a year, I would make a special uh, time as we would do family devotions. I'd sit them down, and i said, now kids, I'd talk about the prodigal son. And I'd tell him how, you know, this prodigal son, he took half of the father's wealth of the estate, went and blew it on frivolous living, and, you know, it was all gone, and he was eating with the pigs, and he's like, I'm going to go back to my father. Now, he comes back, and you've got to think about this scene. The father sees him afar off, and he runs to him. He falls on his neck. He says, you come home. <clears throat> that father did not know that he had repented. He just loved him. Because he was his son. And during this devotion, I would tell my kids, I said, you know, I hope you grow up to love Jesus like your mom and I love Jesus. And I said, because that would mean so much to us. But I said, I want you to know, if you decide not to follow Jesus, I will still love you. I'm not going to use love as a weapon. You know, if you don't follow Jesus, then I'm not going to do this for you. 
You know, I said, I want you to know you can always come home and get a hug from Daddy. <clears throat> you can always come home, and I promise you I will love you because I said, sometimes he's, I'd sit him down, the little kid's sitting on the couch there or something, and I'm like, you know why I love you? And they're like, no. I said, I want you to know just because you're my child, and I will always love you. Unconditional love, amen? Don't ever use love as a weapon. Love is a noun. It's what we do, and we can choose to love. And that's a fruit of the Spirit. And I hope that, that you know, as you grow in your faith, and that, that's one of the things God just had to show me, that you know, love is not just a feeling that's there or not there. It's something that we do it as action. It is a verb. Yes, sometimes it turns into a, a, a noun. You know, you feel this love, but I'll tell you what, it usually comes by when we love by choice. So I hope you'll learn as fathers and mothers and even believers to love one another. Amen? It's not, it's not you know, you don't come to church because you have this feeling like, man, I walk in and it's just like, oh, these people are just, the, no, you got some pretty snotty people in this place, you know? And sometimes we need to learn to love one another even in the church. Amen? I'll tell you, there's people in the church that I sometimes, I'm like, I would never probably of my own fleshly desires choose to go out to lunch with them. But I'm like, we need to be disciples and disciplers. And so we do things sometimes we don't feel like doing. So anyways, love is a choice. Number two, the second fruit mentioned here is fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. Now, last time I was here, I talked a little bit about joy. You know, I talked about the three rejoices that we have there in Romans chapter 5. But this is probably one of the most revolutionary fruits of the Spirit that had to happen in my life. I, I grew up the first 32 years of my life, every morning waking up, and my heart would just sink because I had to live another day. Okay? Now, one of the wonderful things is God had me marry someone. My wife is this one of these people that never has a bad day, okay? I mean, what a gift. At least I didn't have to, you know, help her prop her up. Like, you know, you depressed, me too. You shoot me, I'll shoot you, you know. <laughs> My wife wakes up every morning, the shades go up, you know, at six in the morning, let's go, you know, and I'm like, put that shade down, you know. Oh, I'm miserable, and, and I, you know, I'm sure the farm had a lot to do with that. You know, let's, let's wake up and feed cows, you know. And, and I lived in the Buffalo area, you know, where it snowed all the time, and you're used to that here. But, oh, how I struggled with joy. And even after I got saved, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm going to heaven. That, that was kind of like the last straw, you know. It's like, oh, at least I'm going to heaven. But if I have to endure, you know, what, what goes on the rest of the time, and oh, I got married, and, you know, I'd wake up, and, and uh, I, as I said, uh, the first few years I worked construction and, and uh, then became a pastor. And, but you know what? I was even a miserable pastor. I'd wake up, oh, you know, I don't have to feed the cows. I got to feed the sheep, you know. And <laughs> I got to study the Bible. And, and I'd come home, my wife's like, you okay? Oh, a deacon's meeting, you know. 
well, I wonder what will be wrong this time, you know. <laughs> blah, 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 you know. Or someone call up, Pastor, you said thank you to me, and, and, and I didn't deserve it, you know. I mean, stupid things like that, you know. And I, I'd be like, oh, oh, and I'd come home. May, maybe I'll do something else for a living. My wife's like, well, whatever, just be happy. Like, oh. And when one day God came to me, he says, you know what? You can choose to be happy. No, no, no. All depends on the circumstances. Not according to the Bible. What does James chapter 1 verse 2 say? Count it all. Joy when you fall into various trials. I'm like, well, I got a lot of trials as a pastor. And God's like, okay, work it out. Take the scriptures and apply it. Choose joy. Well, I can't. I'm a victim. You know, junior high, the girls called me ugly. You know, this one testimony, like, man, when I went to middle school, look out. I'm like, Amen. Amen. Boy, junior high, middle school, look out. People will be cruel to you, and that can wound you. And, and I had other things, wounds from, you know, just things people said to me. And, and uh, I was miserable. And, and one day, you know, the, the Holy Spirit just said, listen, you can choose joy. Romans 5.3, I think I shared this with you because I preached out of Romans 5. It says, you know, uh, and not only so, but we rejoice in our sufferings. And I told you the story. I went out and got in my car and backed through my garage door, you know, after having that devotional, you know. And, and I'm sitting there with this crunched up back door and the back window of the van had popped out. And I'm, and I'm sitting there like, oh, and God's like, apply. <laughs> apply. I was like, yeah, but this is real, you know. <laughs> Sometimes our Christianity stays in the Sunday school room, doesn't it? And God said, please, try it. And I was like, woohoo! I drove through my garage door. Popped out my back window. And I have no money, <laughs> you know. That was the beginning of me choosing joy. And I got into study in Proverbs. Proverbs 16.32 says, A man who does not rule his spirit is, or a man who rules his spirit is better than a man who could conquer a city. It also says, I think in chapter 27 or 28, it says, a man without, who does not rule his spirit is like a city whose walls are broken down. In other words, you're just vulnerable to every emotion. You just, you know, just anything can take you over. A rainy day. Oh, it's rainy out. A snowy day. Something is going to, you know, what, whatever happens. I'll tell you, God... He used my cars. My cars kept breaking down. I drive through my garage door, things like that. And, and now lately it's been uh, our house in North Carolina where we live. You know, it's like all the water pipes keep bursting, you know, and uh, flooding the house. And, I'm, you know, I'm like, <laughs> and my wife's like, maybe you should apply. What God rejoice. I'm like, oh, yeah, stop, you know, preaching to me, woman. And, but... I just want to ask you, you know, can you choose joy? I was talking to a young man one time as I had gone through this change in my life where I started choosing joy. And I was telling him about it. He says, well, you just can't make yourself happy. I'm like, yes, you can because you have permission from God. Amen? 
Don't we have permission from God to be joyful? Well, I'll tell you, don't we need that? Driving up here, we're, we came up here to uh, speak next few weeks at Lake Ann Camp, and, and on the way up, we stop at a lot of fast food restaurants. And you walk into order. What do you want? It's like, I want you to be happy, you know? I, you, could you just make my experience here a little happier? Like, well, good morning. Can I help you? You know, wouldn't that be nice? And some of us are, as Christians, are like that. Come to church, you know, how are you? Well, things have gone wrong all week. You know. Well, how would you like your pastor to get up every Sunday morning? Like, take your Bibles. All the special music, you know. No, no, it's not an easy road. No, remember those songs? Or life is hard, but God is good. You know. Some people, that's all. They're, they're, they're just always down in the dumps. And we're on all sorts of different methods to try to get rid of it, you know. And, and, and we, we got excuses why I can't choose to be joyful because, you know, look at my face. You know, I remember the first time I, I was preaching at a, uh, this is, any of you ever heard of Mr. Bean? All right. Well, I was speaking at this Christian school, and these kids are whispering, you know, and I'm like, well, you know, can you share with us what you're talking about? I was trying to, they're like, well, yeah, he said you look like Mr. Bean. <laughs> you know, well, that could have depressed me, because I, I didn't know who he was until I watched TV. And I had my wife sit down and watch it. She goes, you do look like Mr. Bean, you know. <laughs> well, that can wreck your day, you know. But maybe, you know, you, you're, you're like, God, why did you make me this way? Why do I have these trials? What? And then we can have children that can really, wow, take our joy. <laughs> Unless we decide, I'm going to have joy in this anyways. Rejoice in your trials. And uh, you can see some of the trials your grandchildren go through, and that could rob you of your joy. Or you could say, God, you're in control of this. I'm going to be happy. And I remember when I started, I took that verse, a man who rules the spirit is greater than a man could conquer a sin. I said, God, I'm going to rule my spirit. I'm going to start choosing joy in every circumstance. And I started doing it. And I started being a happy pastor. And the problems didn't get less. They got more but I could handle them because I had a new spirit. I was ruling my spirit. I'd have to wake up every morning, and I'd be like, oh, no, a deacon's meeting. But by the grace of God, I'm going to get through it with joy, and I'm going to lead these men. I'm not going to let them bring me down. I'm not going to let this bring me down. And I remember one time I had a horrible phone call as a pastor, but I came home, and I was learning to conquer this part of my life, and I walk in the house, and my wife comes to me, how was your day today? And I'm like, Man, I love my job. And she goes, a happy husband, a happy husband. And let me tell you, the same is true for your children. They'd love to have a happy father. Amen? Amen? I'll tell you what, that changed my life. I started choosing joy every day. And instead of regretting life, I started learning to get up every morning and say, God, I love my life. Wow, the fruit of the Spirit is love. We can choose love. Amen? The fruit of the Spirit is joy. We can choose joy. Amen? Yeah. No, but you don't understand. Stop it. 
God understands, and he put it in the Bible. He gave you permission, even if you're ugly or full of trials, you can rejoice. Are you with me? Yeah, amen, thank you. Number three, peace is a choice. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace. Wow, peace. Do you have peace in your life? Now, I think peace is the opposite of a lot of different things. For me, I, the, the biggest thing that spoke to me in my life was the anger that I had in my life. It's very interesting. I dated my wife for three years. She never knew I had an anger problem because I could control it when I wanted her to marry me. You know, and like I say, we can control it in public. And then we, in our private lives, oh, some of you, man, or in the privacy of our cars, boy, don't we get, then we get to church, hello, brother. Oh, they don't know you have an anger problem. Family usually knows it, right? And so my wife, boy, when she, first time she found it, she goes, whoa, what, what's this? I'm like, get used to it, you know. Oh, boy, did. it says, depart from an anger man lest you learn their ways. Boy, did I see a lot of anger on the farm. I saw a lot of cows beat, you know. <laughs> Things don't go right. You just beat the machinery. You beat the cows. You, and, you, you know, just, and, and, and sometimes we excuse that. You know, like, wow, wow, you have a temper problem. Well, I'm Irish, you know. Or I grew up with it. Or sometimes we try to blame it on, you know, like, well, I have red hair. Did you ever try that one? People try that on you, like, well, I'm, I'm an angry person. Oh, you have fiery red hair. Of course you have a temper problem. No, it has nothing to do with it. Amen? It says in Colossians 3.15, Write that down in your notes. Colossians 3.15. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. It's a command. It's in the imperative in the Greek. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. And one day God, you know, it wasn't that long ago, the Lord came and said, Ken, you can control your anger. You can control it. It's a choice. I was always excusing myself. Well, I'm just a very emotional person. Or I, my father, I saw my father respond this way. And God's like, yeah, well, guess what? I'm your father now, and you have a new father, and I want the peace of God to rule in your heart. And you need, you know, like I said, I could be a little snippy at the house if I bang my head. You know, and I could be angry with my wife, and, but I wouldn't do it with, in public. So God says, see, you can control it. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. So I started thinking, you know, as sometimes I would get, I'd feel this anger building up and ready to explode, you know, and go on a rant or something. And, and I, I said, well, what just made me feel like this? I mean, I'm on the edge, ready to, you know, what, the peace is disappearing. What's causing this? And I found five things in my life that would bring me to a point of losing control. And losing control of the peace and being an angry person and expressing it in anger. So I'm going to share those with you real briefly here. And uh, this could be a message all in itself. But I found, well, number one, the thing that uh, really frustrated me was, or uh, brought anger was frustration of my expectations. Frustration of my expectations. Some of you have, you know, like, 
you know, Christmas comes around, you're like, oh, Christmas is going to be like this, or your wedding day, and you're like, oh, you know, and then it rains, and you're like, oh, it's ruining my outdoor wedding, and guys, we have the same things. We have expectations, you know, like, we're going to go on a vacation, and oh, I used to love my vacation, and I still do love my vacation, but I remember I'd get the kids packed in the car, and I'm like, we're going to the beach, and I'd get on the road, and boom, hit a traffic jam. And that was not my expectation. I was just going to cruise there. And then, enjoy, and here I'm stuck in a hot car, you know, and a traffic jam for hours. And all of a sudden, I'm beating the dashboard. You know, my wife's like, stop it. You know, and the kids are cowered in the corner, you know. My wife's like, what's wrong with you? Well, I want to go on vacation. Do you find yourself doing those things? And you might have other expectations. They don't come true, and ooh, that anger just comes because this was, well, secondly, violation of personal rights. Now, there are some rights that we have, you know, they, they, should, they should go this way. Like, I have the right to drive 55 miles an hour on a road that says 55 miles an hour. And then you get somebody just poking down the road 30 miles an hour, you're like, hey, and you can't pass because it's a, and you know, and you get on their bumper, you know. This is my right. You don't know how to drive, you know. I remember one time in, when I lived in Pennsylvania, I was, I was had this one road right. It, it had a hill going down and a hill going up, and so I, I didn't want to use up my brakes, so I just let my car fly down this hill and back up the other hill, you know. And I could make it up there without even hitting the gas. And right at the bottom of this this hill in the valley there was another road that would tee into this road. And I'm flying down this road one day, and I see this road, you know, this car up to the thing, and this old elderly man looks up it and pulls out in front of me. And I'm going to have to burn up my brakes. And I, I'm like, I had the right of way. He did have to pull. And, and this is when I was learning how to choose peace, you know. And he pulled out in front of me, and I'm like, you know, and I'm like, what? And God's like, apply, apply. And I was like, God, you put him there. You put him there just to show me I was in no condition right now to choose peace. And, but I'm going to, by the Spirit of God, I'm going to choose peace. And, and so I slowed down. The guy heard me slamming my brakes, and he looked in, in his mirror, you know. And, and I was just like, you know, God bless you. <laughs> now, he violated my personal and. That's just a silly illustration. It may be something more serious than that, something that a personal right you should have had and it didn't happen. And you're like, man, and maybe you're bitter from that for years, and you need to let the peace of God rule in your heart. It says in Ephesians, let all bitterness and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you. Okay? And it says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit, but put those things away. And some of you need to start doing it. Now, can I say these three things, you know, about learning to choose them? It doesn't happen overnight, okay? I, I, it took me years to learn to, to rejoice all the time. It, it, it's taken me years to, my wife just talked to me about something today. She's, you know, you're starting to let this anger slip back in in this certain area of your life. I'm like, you're right, you're right, thank you, you know, but I'm not choosing peace in that area. I'm letting things get to me. So frustration of my expectations, violation of personal rights, 
Number three, physical, emotional, and spiritual spent. Sometimes when I go out on these weekends to preach four, you know, sessions, and I'm driving a long way, you preach four times, and you drive back, you're emotionally, you've given, you're emotionally, you're, you're, you're physically spent, you're emotionally spent, and sometimes spiritually, you're just not getting into the Word like you should, you know, and having that quiet time with God, and, and so you're, you're not spiritually, you know, filled with energy, and, and I get to these points, and then I, and I just find that the littlest thing will, is like a spark that will ignite this, you know, and when I feel that building up, that's when I have to say, okay, God, what's going on here? I'm like, yeah, I'm tired, I'm emotionally spent, I'm physically spent, and Lord, I'm spiritual, I better watch out. I need to get back into the Word. Amen? So watch out. It, sometimes it is physical that when you, when you rake, it says in Proverbs 24.10, if you fail in the day of adversity, your strength is small. And sometimes it's because our strength, we've not built our strength and it's small. There's, there's a fourth thing I find that really you know, have to watch out that makes me angry, and that is fear. Number four, fear. Sometimes when, when stuff builds up and it looks like I'm going to be destroyed. By the way, who's our deliverer? God. But sometimes when circumstances feel like they're going to bury me or get to me, and, I, and, I, and I'm like, oh, like, did you ever get a letter from the IRS? You know, like, you haven't done this or you owe this. And, I, and I'm like, I don't have that kind of money and are they going to come back on me and, you know, they're going to find something? And I'm trying to pay my taxes. I'm trying to be honest. But I remember I got this letter one time, and, and I'm like, oh, my word, me against the IRS, me against the IRS, me against the IRS. And the pressure was building. And, you know, and sometimes we carry that around with us. And then uh, I'll never forget one time I had this big thing going on in my life when I was a pastor. And I came home. I had a really nice pants on, you know. And, and uh, my son, Ben, had... Uh, you know, he'd been eating potato chips, had these greasy hands, and he comes up and he grabs both sides of my pants. He goes, Daddy! And I'm like, Wah! you know, you're going to get my pants crazy! And he's like, Wah! you know, and my wife's like, why do you just come to see? You know, welcome you home. But, well, there's really something going on back in the office. And sometimes this, this fear of the church blowing up or the IRS going to get you and you you, you feel this like, uh, and I remember God came into my heart that one time and, and he just said when the IRS, then he goes, no, it's not you against the IRS, it's you and me against the IRS. So choose peace. And I remember like, yeah, that's right. Now I've done everything right, you know, if they want to come after me, they want to take my house, or no, go ahead, you gave it to me in the first place, you can give me another one. Amen? So sometimes it's fear. Things that I see this sometimes in people in my family when I, you know, they tend to let things build up and, and then all of a sudden, you know, they take it out on the kids. So watch out. Sometimes it's fear. And then last of all, number five, pride. Oh, pride. And this can work both ways. Sometimes when we're shamed, we get angry. Do you ever see mothers in a grocery store with three little kids? And they're pulling everything off the shelves, and they're and they're kind of like, no, don't touch it. Come, come over here. And, and and then some of us who our kids are all grown up and gone, you know, like we're superior, and they're like, oh, look at those kids, you know. And the mother's looking around, and everybody's like, oh. And all of a sudden, she she can't take it anymore. Like, 
yeah, don't touch that. You know, why'd she get angry? Probably not, she's not as mad that they messed up the cereal boxes as she is. A, I just look foolish. I look like a bad mother, and so it's that pride. Sometimes when your pride is hurt, or sometimes when your pride is high, like, do you ever see people do stupid things? And you're like, oh, I'm so superior. <laughs> look at that. That just makes me angry. I can't. Why, I would never do that. You're like, well, you used to, but you don't do it now, maybe, or whatever. I'm so much smarter than they are. We get angry, you know. And so I just want to tell you, this has been a journey in my life. It's greater to be a little bit, you know, as it says, the Spirit, you know, as we look into the face of Jesus Christ, as we learn about Him, we change from one degree of glory to another. And I hope that maybe you'll be the, the, the kind of congregation and people and individuals that can choose to love because love is a choice. Amen? That you'll choose joy because joy is a choice. And peace is a choice. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. It's a command. We can do that. Wow, what different lives we've had. What different families. Boy, when, when uh, I, I remember one time I was in the car and something crazy happened and, and I didn't explode. And my wife said, what happened to you? And I said, why? Well, I, I said, I chose peace. And the kids in the backseat are like, Dad, we're glad you choose peace. We're glad you choose peace, you know. And I was like, yeah, it's a lot better life, isn't it? Yes. My wife's like, yes. And the world's like, yes. The church's like, yes. Amen. Let's choose love, joy, and peace. Let's close in prayer. Father, I pray that, uh, Lord, you would change us from one degree of glory to another. And as your word says, this is done by the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against which there is no law. And Father, where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. And so we pray that your grace would abound in our hearts, that we could be believers that can choose these emotions to please you and to be a testimony of the glory of Jesus Christ around the world. We pray in Christ's name.